0: We are LP Magazine, and since 2001, we've been the leader in providing content and education for the loss prevention and asset protection industry, and we are known as the voice and authority of the LP community. Each episode, we'll be sharing and discussing the latest in trends and current issues related to all things retail and profit protection. You're listening to the LPM Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Take 10. I'm your host, Kevin McMenamin with Loss Prevention Magazine. We're here today to speak with Raul Aguilar. Uh, Raul, we've actually spoke to you once before, um, and uh, we're kind of coming back because sometimes 10 minutes just isn't enough, right? So <laughs> we're going to take another with you.
1: Minutes. Thank you. Glad to be back and, uh, and to continue to spread the word on what HSI is doing in the interagency space against organized retail crime.
0: Excellent. Well, we're glad to have you. Um, and we're very excited about what you guys are doing in this space. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to expanding a little bit on our first episode with you and talking first a little bit more about these, uh, the four pillar approach that you have at HSI and maybe walk us through those four in, in a little more detail and, and some of the initiatives you've got going on each of these. Sure, so I'll start with the public-private partnership like we talked
1: about before. Um, any way and any chance we can to talk to public and private partnerships. So we do that through our intellectual property rights center which deals with all the, the counterfeit goods. Um, and we have uh, retail retailers that work with day in and day out all the big ones we could imagine uh, to protect against pri- uh, piracy and, and counterfeit goods. Uh, banking consortiums, meetings with the banks to, to look at illicit finance. And, and, and meetings with them through our Cornerstone, Cornerstone initiative, and, and any other ones that we get invited to based on conferences. Um, if there's an opportunity to talk to the money service remitters, to uh, private sector companies, to online marketplace companies, all the big ones you can imagine, all the platforms that sell stuff online, uh, we're available to work with them and talk to them and deconflict to see if we can offer our services to uh, help prevent these type of crimes to, to be on their
0: marketplaces. Excellent. And are you finding that, Ro, are you finding that a lot of the products that you're finding stolen are showing up on those marketplaces?
1: Yeah, I think our research shows from working with Clear and working with these other interagency partners that uh, you're finding third-party sellers uh, going on these marketplaces. And uh, obviously, there's there's an extreme amount of, of danger there when you can't verify products where they came from. Uh, there's a public safety issue there if you're talking about, um, you know, some of the strips for, for diabetes checks or a baby formula that we see being stolen. Uh, catalytic converters from, from vehicles, um, you know the smash and grabs from the home depots and those kind of power tools, those kind of how do you certify that those are safe to use? So we're seeing all those on online marketplaces as well.
0: Excellent. Now, and when you're where you're solving some of these crimes, are these being prosecuted at a federal level? Yeah, so we do we have some successful prosecutions,
1: uh, particularly we've had a couple um, in the Houston area. We've had some in New York. Um, a couple others that are still in the developmental phases. Uh, we're trying to see if we can use other um, investigative platforms tied to these cases, or if, if there's a drug nexus, maybe through the OSEDF program, which is a, a looking at narcotics trafficking at a larger scale to dismantle the bigger networks. If there's tied criminal networks to human smuggling, um, and there's some ties there, we can bring those back, like I said, to maybe our Central America team and look at those cases. Um, if it's a straight up money case, then we'll work it with our financial groups. If it's a cyber case, we'll work it with the the cyber team. Any way we can bring a prosecution, any way we can explain our authorities to the Department of Justice and or the state state prosecutors, we will bring those cases and work together. And if it means joining forces with another agency uh, to to share the the credit, we have no problem. We just want to work those cases and and bring those criminals to justice.
0: That's excellent. And and about um, how many cases do you think you guys have brought uh, to the U.S. Attorney's Office?
1: Well, I can't tell you exactly how many we brought to the US Attorney's office, but I can tell you we've seen a, 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 a double from 2020, the, the cases have doubled uh, from the 2020 to 2021. So um, in excess of 40 cases of being worked across the country, whether or not they've been accepted for prosecution, they're still in the, in the works, uh, but they're over 40, and I expect by the
0: beginning of the year, close to over 60. Wow. And are you finding cooperation at that level and, and, and in the partnership with the U.S. attorneys um, when you're bringing cases to them? Are you finding that these are cases that, that they are willing to, to take action on? And, Absolutely. And it's kind of a challenge, obviously, in the, in the retail world um, in trying to get, you know, especially when we start talking about felony thresholds and some of these other you know, issues yeah. out there. But um, assuming that you're working on some of the bigger cases, you're finding that level of cooperation there with them? Yeah, I think that's what
1: we've seen with uh, in talking to the field agents and the the true experts that are working these cases across the country. We're looking at using any of our authorities to bring those cases to bear. So if it necessarily doesn't meet a threshold, maybe it puts maybe it's a case that can be worked over a couple of years, and then you're looking at a money money laundering charge, a 1956, or you're looking at a tax fraud that maybe we do with the IRS, or or maybe uh, an international uh, charge that can be brought to them for smuggling. So any way we can bring uh, ju- uh, those charges to to these criminal networks. That's what we're doing. And we're all finding receptive uh, U.S. attorneys offices. And if, if we find some that don't necessarily are taking those cases, then we, we spend more time and explaining our authorities and offering the interagency solution. Right. Can we can we work this jointly with the FBI? Can we work it jointly with the IRS and some of these other federal partners that can maybe bring their authorities to bear?
0: That's fantastic. Now the the other authorities like that. Um, when we're talking about investigations that deal more with you know retail goods and things like things like that, are you seeing um, any hesitation with getting involved, or, or do you really feel that there's been uh, a, a good partnership with? Um, I mean, FBI has always been very strong for us, but you start looking at things like IRS and things like that. Are, are you finding it to be receptive to uh, to be able to look and and I guess in some ways be creative in how we're approaching taking down some of these criminal networks?
1: Well, I've personally mentioned in in various uh, conferences and or uh, settings here in D.C. where we have met with the interagency recently on money laundering initiatives through some NGOs and other banking consortium meetings that ORC is a priority for HSI. And each one of those agencies has been very transparent with saying that just like anything else, there are priorities in their own organizations, but they're willing to sit down with our agents. We're connecting them at the field level because we can't prosecute from the headquarters side of the house. We're more of a programmatic team. But we do have connectivity to main DOJ. We have connectivity to our SAC offices in the field that, that if they need a connection to another agency or maybe there's a state local case that that's got uh, cl- that's getting closer to, to the finish line, then maybe we can hold on that case and bring other charges if we tie them to a nexus overseas, or maybe it's on, uh, all of a sudden we realize it's on a marketplace and that case has a larger um, open net or dark net case that we're looking at from the cyber team. We could do that and then bring those together. And those, those agencies that I mentioned have been very receptive and we work really well with them on all the investigative equities that we do. So.
0: Excellent. Now this whole process is, is, um, is pretty comprehensive and it's, it's, uh, you know, we start bringing in all those different types of options and opportunities and agencies. Um, how are we getting that message out to you know, let's say the, in particular the retail community? Yeah, um any type of training? Do you have any type of um, any resources that are that are that are reaching out um, to make those connections and make sure that that they're all aware of the resources that are available and maybe even some training about um, ORC itself.
1: Yeah. So we, we've,
0: we recently attended the clear conference. Like we talked about associations
1: with anything to do with the retail association. We offer up uh, through our SAC offices. We have engagements if they're, if they have uh, in particular, if there's the several pharmacy type companies are sitting in New York and they want to get together uh, at, at a, at a one day meeting. And we're offering up, you know, whether or not we have an investigative case uh, summary that we can go through from a historical case that's been prosecuted. We're willing to do that. We're talking to them about typologies and, and money laundering, uh, that we see in some of these cases. We're also reminding them that there's many different other uh, centers of excellence that HSI uses to go after criminal networks and to remind them that maybe if they're, if they're a particular company that's dealing with counterfeit goods and they also have an ORC problem that make sure that their internal representatives that are working different threats are talking to each other so we can work with them and bring them back to one single POC back in the domestic field office that's going to prosecute that case right so we see a lot of times that these big companies that deal with counterfeit goods are also dealing with the marketplace issue of of marketplaces offering counterfeit goods and at the same time they're offering stolen goods uh, that are legitimate products but have just recently been stolen and of course the huge markup that's being made because they didn't have to buy it they get in there and they make that that cut right away and on that third
0: party um, online marketplace excellent All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our 10 for today. But um, real quick, before we go, how can folks get a hold of you and your team or the resources that you guys have at HSI?
1: Yeah, so we have a really the website is ice.gov. And if you hit on the Transnational Organized Crime section, you'll see a drop down menu for all our initiatives and some of these centers of excellence that we talked about. But I'll just go ahead and mention the ice tip line. It's a 24 hour, 24 seven intake center. Um, and they'll process the, the tips and they'll forward them out to the SAC offices in the field, the 30 SAC offices and or the offices overseas. And, and I'll just give you the, uh, the, the United States number. It's 866-347-2423. And then calling from international 802-872-6199. And they can go on the ice.gov uh, web form ice tip line, and they can also do it through the web. So we appreciate any of those leads and, and we'll go through them and we'll get them to the right team to look at them. And, and and one thing I want to say is these cases are not done overnight. It takes collaborative effort. I want to stress that they can take sometimes up to years to do. And we're, we're in for the fight. Uh, I've seen some of the recent cases that come out. Uh, they started out with just a stolen truck, a stolen, uh, a, uh, you know, in some goods out of a place out of Houston. And it turns into a trans interest, interstate uh, organization that was moving money and, and, and shipping goods overseas. So, uh, be patient with us, but we're all in and we're going to be working this with the uh, with the interagency for many years to come.
0: That's great, Raul. Thank you very much. Um, and thank you for all that you and your team are doing to help us in this uh, effort to combat organized retail crime. So you've been listening to Take 10. This is an LPM podcast. I'm Kevin and your host. We've been speaking to Raul Aguilar, who is the deputy assistant director of Homeland Security Investigations. Raul, thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Thank you.